Last week, we talked about diversity and inclusion in the workplace, and we specifically talked about embracing diversity of thought, differences in thinking, and how it is critical to creating a more cohesive, collaborative, unified workforce where new ways of thinking drive innovation. And in the last week, I got this question, Lena, this open, collaborative environment creates so much conflict in the workplace as people are struggling to validate their way of thinking, their background, their framework, their perspective. Can you give me your take on how to address this common stumbling block? So that's what we're going to be taking care of today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Lena Patel Live. My name is Lena Patel, founder of Global Impact Systems, helping bring the sandbox to the boardroom. Did you know that US employees currently lose over two hours per week to conflict? That's two and a half weeks per year per person going towards arguing with another person instead of collaborating with them. In dollars, that equates to $359 billion lost every single year to workplace conflict. That's an incredible amount of time that can be spent on revenue-generating activities. For example, coming up with implementing new processes, innovations, etc. If you're a leader, if you've ever managed people or processes, you have likely found yourself in the middle of workplace conflict at some time. And studies have shown that 70% believe managing conflict is a critically important leadership skill. So the inability for leaders and managers to effectively manage conflict and bring about positive resolution is costing you in productivity, in employee happiness, in business growth. However, conflict doesn't have to bring about negative results. When it's managed effectively, Conflict can stimulate progress, it can deepen trust, it can strengthen relationships, and all of these are going to enhance productivity and improve bottom line results. So today we're going to be talking about the ideal way for you to resolve conflict so that you can harness its power. Yes, I said the word power. Conflict has power. There is good in this. Stick with me, I'm going to explain what I mean by that. Harness its power so that you can transition from conflict being a business cost to an investment in your organization and the people who work for you. There are three things we're going to be covering today. We're going to be looking at the current situation, why this topic is so critically important for you today. What's the cost opportunity for you in resolving this, in taking care of this and making it really front and center And then I'm also going to reveal a commonly held mistaken belief that is the springboard of organizational conflict. And if your organization is guilty of this, don't worry, I'm also going to tell you what you can do about it. So let's look at this definition so that we both get on the same page. I'm going to define conflict as any workplace disagreement that disrupts the flow of your work. Here's the problem with this whole area. Conflict resolution skills are something that you deal with, that I deal with, that every single person in the company, every single person alive has dealt with this problem. And in the workplace, it's going to be exacerbated. Unfortunately, conflict resolution skills are rarely taught 
as core curriculum in the education system, which means that most adults are entering the workplace with little or no knowledge of how to prevent and or manage conflict. And if you've been around the workforce for many years and you've had this training, well, there needs to be some skill updating going on because as new demographics, as younger people enter the workforce, as we experience a more culturally diverse workforce and we're doing business globally, we need to be able to have conflict management strategies up our sleeve that allows us to tackle these new challenges. Training is the single most important driver for high quality outcomes to conflict. And yet I was pretty surprised to learn that 60% of employees in the United States have never received dispute resolution training. So if you have, phenomenal. We're going to help you to step it up a notch. If you haven't, don't worry. We're going to get you up to speed very quickly. Now, just to give you some context of how this is affecting your business so that you understand really the severity of it. Research tells us that 85% of employees experience some kind of conflict. About a third of employees are constantly experiencing conflict. That's one third constantly in battle, in argumentative mode, in opposition to another person on the team or another person in the company. 12% of employees say that they often see conflict within the senior executive team. Now, that's only 12% of employees seeing that. What goes on behind closed doors and boardrooms, that's not even taken into account. A quarter of employees have witnessed absence or sickness due to conflict. People are just taking time off because they can't handle it. They just want to get out of that environment. And 9% of employees have seen projects fail because of workplace conflict, which is absolutely tragic. So what we do know is that when problems and disagreements are handled in a constructive way, instead of saying the same, instead of being ignored, instead of getting worse, things are addressed head on and people can move on. They can actually do the job that they are there to do instead of getting caught into the weeds, getting stuck in the problem and allowing their mind and their head to spin over and over again because that situation has not been addressed. And just to reiterate, for all those people that said they have had training, the 40% out of those studies, because you know that 60% haven't had training, of the 40% that have had training, 95%, the overwhelming majority have reported that training has helped them to positively navigate conflict. So training works and it's got to be relevant and it's got to be up to date. So I want you to just for a moment, think back to a time in your career when you yourself experienced a challenge with a coworker or your boss, or even conflict with the company that you're working for, because perhaps you were experiencing differences in values, for example. How did you feel during that time? How did that conflict, that opposition affect your energy level, your productivity level? How enthusiastic were you about going about your day-to-day -day work? Were you producing high quality work during this time or were you doing the bare minimum to get by? For a lot of people, they really struggle during this time to care, to produce high quality work, to give their all. 
So what I want to share with you today is what I call the conflict resolution triad. And it's three key areas that you need to focus on when you're addressing conflict within your organization, because it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. So three key areas. One, outcome. Two, safety. And three, language. So let's dive into each of those three areas. The first one is know the desired outcome. You want to identify the specific vision that both of you are working towards. If the CEO has a clearly defined vision, then that's what you've got to be coming back to. And I'm going to tell you that in my experience of working with hundreds of organizations, that while the executive team know exactly what products and services they're offering, they don't always have a clearly defined vision. And in the absence of a clearly defined vision, people will set their own. And with differing ideas, it's going to lead to conflict. Sometimes people are going to clash because they are not always clear about the end goal. And then they get caught up in the details of what's in front of them. So if you're an executive or CEO of a company, it is critical for you to define what your vision is, what the big picture goal is that everyone in the company, in the organization is moving towards, and you want to enroll people into that vision. So there are specific strategies for doing that, which I'll share in a future episode, or if you're interested, you can reach out to me about that. But just know that if you don't set that in place, if you don't have that clearly identified, people won't know what to come back to every time there's a disagreement. The second thing to bear in mind is that in any conversation, in any kind of conflict, usually that conflict, that struggle situation has arisen because the other person has an unmet need that has not yet been identified by you. So an unmet need could be a need for significance, a need for contribution, a need for recognition. If you're not able to read between the lines or bring that out of them skillfully, there's going to be trouble because people don't really care about helping you unless you've demonstrated to them that you care about them. So this part is about making sure that you're caring as much about their needs and specifically their unmet needs, as much as you care about fulfilling your own. And then looking at how are you demonstrating this care? And then finally, the third part of this section is to ask, what is it that you want to gain from this interaction? Identify the outcome. Identify if it's important for you that the relationship built remains intact. Is being right or revengeful or victorious at all costs really that important to you? Is there a win-win outcome you can articulate and then move towards? Once you've identified what the end result is from that interaction, then you can start to work backwards and figure out how you're going to approach resolving that particular conflict. The second part of this conflict resolution triad is creating an environment of safety. Are you making it safe for the other person to speak? Are you masking, avoiding, withdrawing, controlling, labeling, judging, attacking? It is so easy to start a dialogue with great intentions, but it's very easy to lose sight of the objective along the way. So before you speak, check in with yourself and ask, is it true? Is it fair? Is it respectful? Is it kind? Google did a study recently in which they looked at high-performing teams within their company, and they found that when they created an environment where people felt safe to speak up, 
and in fact, people were speaking in equal amounts, they found that these were the most highest performing teams versus situations where there was one person or two people or a small group of people dominating the conversation and everybody else listening. These are the least highest performing teams. So creating this environment where people are free to speak up, free to share and not be judged, not be ridiculed in the process is critical. The second part to creating an environment of safety is mastering strategies for staying in dialogue when you're feeling scared, when you're feeling angry, when you're feeling hurt. So one strategy I'm going to share with you right now is called the mirroring technique. You mirror the other person, you repeat what you think they said back to them, so you're confirming their feelings and validating them. And this ensures that you know that you heard them correctly, that you didn't misinterpret the other person, and also makes the other person feel that you're actually listening to them. At the same time, this moment of pause grants you additional time to internally process so that you can outwardly best articulate your feelings going forward. And then the third component of environment of safety is the power of the timeout. So if this feels challenging and the other person feels threatened, or if you feel threatened in some way, suggest a timeout. Come to a mutual agreement about when you're going to resume the conversation so that no issue is left unresolved. But it's okay to say, hey, you know what, let's take five minutes, 10 minutes, let's come back to this, go get a cup of water, go for a walk around the block, and then come back to it with a fresh mind and a neutral head and heart space. And the third part of the conflict resolution triad is minding your language. Language is so critical because ultimately, Our thoughts reflect our words. Our words reflect our actions and our actions are going to reflect the outcome that is going to be created. So how we express ourselves is critical. Let me give you three quick strategies here. Number one is to use more we language versus I language. Think about it as you and the other person co-creating the solution together. You're going to come up with and agree on strategies together that involve each of you making changes, not just one person, but each of you. The second strategy is to use I feel sentences. So when you talk about your feelings, nobody can refute you. If I say, I felt challenged when you put me on the spot like that, nobody can refute that I felt challenged or that I felt upset in that moment. These are my feelings. If, however, you speak as if your opinion was a fact, you are casting judgment, which creates the space for the other person to refute your statement. So remember that it's important to determine what is factual from what is a story that you've created in your head. And then the third strategy is to take responsibility. A victim says, it's not my fault. It's all your fault. A great leader asks, how did I contribute to creating this reality? Even if the other person is clearly in the wrong, be the bigger person and lead by taking ownership for what you can do to improve things going forward. There is always something you can do. And when you volunteer the change, when you lead yourself first, it reveals your humility And it makes it so much easier for the other person to be open to making changes too. So I'm going to wrap this up by giving you the missing piece that you haven't yet got. Because some of you are probably thinking right now, well, I've already gone through these steps. I've already had conflict resolution training. And yet 
chances are that what you're doing right now isn't working as effectively as it could. And here's why. It all comes down to the setup within your organization. You see, for a lot of companies, conflict resolution is a HR job. It's something that's put into the curriculum. It's a course or training that HR is responsible for creating and offering for the company. But it's not integrated into the culture of the company. The CEO and the executive team are the people that are responsible for setting the tone in the organization for cooperation versus conflict. When a leader sees conflict coming, it's their responsibility in that moment to clearly state that hostility, that negative manifestations of conflict are not acceptable and to channel and to facilitate the dialogue moving in a new direction. One of the things that you can do as a leader is to tell stories of positive results, describe situations where team members work together to generate creative and cost-effective solutions to company issues, highlight those people, highlight those stories so that people can see that even in the midst of conflict, you can have a breakthrough and it can lead to success and people coming together. Conflict can benefit your organization if it's managed correctly. And here's the surprising truth. Studies have shown that conflict is a normal and essential part of the human condition. And so what I'm going to propose is that rather than eliminating conflict within your organization, you want to work to manage it. Chances are that if you don't have any conflict going on within your organization, within your team, within your department, you're probably also lacking creativity and innovation. In fact, because of conflict, 29% of workers found better solutions to their problems and 9% even saw a major innovation. People in conflict are going to be less flexible, less creative, more narrow-minded, and more rigid in their thinking. So my invitation to you and my challenge to you is to encourage diversity of thought, encourage creative thinking, and surround yourself with people that have different ideas and think differently to you, and then implement strategies and frameworks that allow you to sift through the ideas while making everyone feel heard, while making everyone feel acknowledged, while making everyone feel that their opinion and their perspective matters. So instead of running away from conflict, embrace it, manage it, move beyond it, use it as a springboard for innovation, collaboration, creativity, and inclusion within your organization. If you're just starting out and you'd find it helpful to have a how-to guide on resolving conflict within your department, within teams, if you'd like that, then go ahead and reach out to me at lenapatellive.com. I'd be happy to send that to you. And for those of you that are looking to go deeper within your organization and really create a cultural change, a collaborative environment, and integrate this perhaps as part of your diversity and inclusion initiative, If that's you, then I would be delighted to speak with you privately and provide a few additional insights that are particularly helpful to you at this phase in the journey. So go ahead and reach out to me for that. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone, today. Please check out the show notes for this week, available at lenapatellive.com, and share your thoughts and any ideas you have for future episodes by leaving a review on iTunes. I'll see you in the sandbox.